your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Great to have you with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. I uh, I tried to keep kind of just a listing of the Super Bowl spots that kind of stood out to me, the commercials. Uh, did anything just kind of tickle your fancy at all last night? Uh, nothing made me like LOL or anything like that. <laughs> OMG. Or... But I, I'm just not that guy. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I've never come in here and, right. and outraged or, you know, about what's going on. Tickled by anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just the same thing with the halftime show. I, I, it's just clearly it just wasn't made for me. Okay. I mean, I thought it was fine. Uh, I just always laugh every every time every Super Bowl Sunday. Like, as soon as it ended, I'm like, all right, everybody go to Twitter and see how many people are saying it's the greatest halftime show ever, mm-hmm. and then see how everybody else is saying it's the worst halftime right. ever. It's never in the middle. It's the greatest or the worst. Sure, it kind of depends on your age and your yeah, preference, sure, sure. preference of music and yeah. things like that. Uh, uh, my group, uh, uh, daughter number one, and our son-in-law, they they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Usher. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was. I didn't have any, I didn't have any issues. Found the six or eight words I could understand yeah. what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. they were great. I, I found out an interesting <laughs> fact last night on Twitter during the game. What's that? Halftime shows weren't a thing for a very long time in the Super Bowl until uh, Fox ran a new episode of In Living Color. During halftime, uh-huh. when CBS had the Super Bowl, I think it was it could have been ABC, whatever it was, it wasn't Fox. So the next Super Bowl, they signed Michael Jackson to do the halftime show. Okay, because like that episode of In Living Color had like twenty million viewers because nobody wanted to watch the halftime; they wanted to watch something new. Gotcha. They all went to a li- In Living Color. Okay, um, which I, was a great show, man. I can remember so like good. when. Uh, and I I, I, I I was always turned off by it, but Up With People was uh, in the early Super Bowls. It seemed like every time you turned around, Up With People uh, was the name of the group. And they had a little song that they, they had one song that they could sing. Up, up with people, do, people, do, 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 do. Up, up with people, do, 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 do. This was a music group? Yeah, it was a music group called... And they hired them more than once? Uh-huh. Yeah, they, the perf- they performed uh, several times at the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Seemed like. Uh-huh. Seemed like every year they were they were like, who, who are we going to get? We'll get uh, up with people. They come out there with their bell bottoms and they were and they were all fresh faces and, you know, they so were they, very... They were- they were up, upstanding, you know, individuals and people and thing like things like that. So they were the uh, pips of uh, t- Texas Tech basketball <laughs> yeah. games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we had the, I think we had the pips, I think we had the pips uh, the, at least once this year. Okay. Uh, I think we had them on both the. Uh, I never minded the pips. I think it's got to be pretty cool for those kids many, to get out there in front of everybody. Uh, the up with people. The organization Up With People performed in five Super Bowls, headlining four of them, and initially performed in one Super Bowl pregame show. So, you can, you know, I'm sure you can YouTube Up With People, and I don't know. I just always kind of found them a big, a big turnoff. Uh, just a couple of commercials that I that I that I liked. 
I really like the State Farm commercial with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, when he, he couldn't say neighbor right, and they were, they kept cutting to him, it's neighbor. And he would and then that guy went into labor, and then at the end they had Danny DeVito come in and say, I thought that was cute. I thought that was, I thought that was good. Um, I thought the Dunkin' Donuts commercial with Ben Affleck and, and uh, Matt Damon and uh, Jennifer Lopez and Tom Brady – and then at the end where Lopez says, Tom, you can stay. <laughs> and Ben and Matt have to leave. I thought that was, I thought that was really, I thought that was good. It was really weird. There was some of these commercials, like Dan Marino was in like two of them, two different ones. And I'm like, why Dan Marino? You know, and Brady was in a couple of different ones, which I get. You know, he's Tom Brady. But Dan Marino, I mean, <clears throat> aside from isotoner gloves, I don't know why anybody would buy anything that he's pitching. But, you know, he was involved in a couple of them. He had one where he threw a, <laughs> and then, and then um, I thought the, I, thought I think the, they the first one was because it was on a beach, like it was yeah, on the beach right. in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, why I figured. Okay, Marino Dan, was in oh, okay, that makes and, sense. And you needed an Messi. athlete to throw something yeah. in Miami yeah. a really long yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, that's that makes sense. That that connects those dots for me. I really thought the couch potato commercial for Pluto TV was really I thought that was clever where they where the guy grew couch potato what do you do here we grow couch potatoes and then they put TVs there for people and I thought that was I thought that was I thought that was really I thought that was kind of good um, the uh, Uber Eats commercial with Jennifer Aniston where she doesn't recognize the other guy from Friends David Schwimmer or whatever his name is mm-hmm. I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool so Anyway, just 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 some that I, and I thought the Doritos Dynamita was uh, was kind of was kind of interesting. Uh, let's see here, six thirty six this morning on the morning drive. Dan in Dallas. I never knew Chuck was anti bell bottoms. I had bell bottoms back in the day. You know, in the seventies, everybody had bell bottoms. Did you ever have a pair? But you you're too young for yeah, bell-bottoms. I was too young for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. They were kind of dorky by the time I got around yeah. to yeah. having a particular style. No, they were even kind of dorky when we were wearing them too. It's just oh, no, I, th- I thought like in the seventies that was yeah. the way to go. Yeah, that was the style. Everybody had some bell bottoms. I yeah. I had a pair of white bell bottoms with a white belt that looked pretty sharp. At least I thought so. I'm sure you killed it, man. <laughs> oh, we get this. Uh, national anthem, awesome game, awesome halftime show, worthless commercials. Didn't see a one. Have a great day, guys. GPI. Okay. Okay. Um, Red Raider Two Guns uh, says, uh, Jeff, play the bang he got it sounder. Did we get that from Haxton? We did not. Okay. What did you get? The. The, Bang, he got it. The beach we didn't get action to record that yet. With yeah, the, no. With, the, with, yeah, the, with Dan Chuck? Marino and the beach. I didn't connect all those dots oh, when okay. I was watching it. Okay. It's like, Dan Marino. But I mm-hmm. I mean, I, I understand he can throw the football, but I didn't get the beach and the, you know. The and you thing. get that the game they were playing is also called football. Yeah, 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 football. yeah. Yeah, I got that. I got I got that aspect of it. I got that aspect of it. See, that's impressive that you got that part, but didn't figure out that. They were on a beach in Miami, and Dan Marino throwing the football. I'm not the brightest bulb in the in the socket. Um, but every once in a while, I'm more of like a dimmer switch. You know, you kind of 
you know, I'm, I'm the dimmer bulb. You can, I can get bright and then I can get real dim. Okay. And then I can get just about, then I can just get just about right. Well, that's a positive thing. I yeah. mean, if you have the ability to get bright. I feel, I, you know, I feel like, you know, we always have the ability to get better, mm-hmm. do better, things, things along, things along those lines. Um, basketball tonight. Basketball tonight. You've got number four, Kansas, taking on the uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders. It'll be interesting to see what the new poll says. Tech was 23rd in uh, last week's. doesn't really matter what the polls say. You've got, ma- you got a massive matchup uh, tonight. Tech will take on a team in Kansas coming off of a win over Baylor. They beat uh, the Bears 64-61. to yeah, I'll guess that you will not be ranked by the time that game starts. Just be because of the, the other losses. Yeah. You know. uh, the other well, ga- just one loss this week. Yeah. But. yeah. Uh, the other games from Saturday, Houston did beat Cincinnati 67-62. Iowa State a winner, BYU a winner, uh, Texas a winner, and Oklahoma a winner. So no, no real surprises, would you say, from the weekend? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, no, no real, no real. I mean the, the fact that Cincinnati made it a game. Um, there you go. I mean, but still, Houston, you know, pulled it out and uh, and won on the road. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't be shocking. Yeah, uh, maybe. And I don't know that the dominance of Texas over West Virginia says anything, um, other than West Virginia is not very good. You know, Texas, but they beat Texas the first time, correct? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. so. I forgot about that. That's where the dimmer switch comes in. Maybe, maybe it says that Texas is playing a lot better than they were at one point in the yeah. season. Yeah, or they were like, okay, these guys beat us last time. We need to yeah. send a message this time. Or they're just really inconsistent. Maybe the Longhorns are maybe just so. really up and down. And then Oklahoma ekes out a win over Oklahoma State, 66-62. Just never know in that rivalry game, right? Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I think that was pretty much everything I, I expected this Okay. Yeah, but they're somewhere a little bit closer than mm-hmm. I expected. I would have been, to be honest with you, I would have expected Kansas to win by more than what yeah, they yeah. did against Baylor. Yeah, they were down a little bit. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. For this day in sports history, today is February the 12th, 2024. Here is Jeff McGuire with this day in sports history. Going to start in 1937. The Cleveland... Now, Los Angeles Rams are granted an NFL franchise. 1958, Boston Celtics' Bill Russell grabs 41 rebounds to beat the Syracuse Nationals 119-101. to 1977, Mark Russell surpasses 30 points for the third game in four weeks, scoring 32 as Texas Tech beats Texas 87 to 69. Mark Russell. Mike, I'm sorry, Mike Russell. Mike Russell. I I, I will still admit that I, I I don't know this gentleman. It's not a name that's familiar to me. I have an uncle Mike Russell. Okay. Was it him? I don't think so. Uncle Mike <laughs> scoring 30 uncle points Mike. for <laughs> scoring 30 points for Texas Tech. 1984. Kale Yarbrough becomes the first Daytona 500 qualifier above 200 miles per hour. 1998, Dallas Cowboys signed Chan Gailey as their fourth head coach. <laughs> that did not work out. It didn't, but it was the right call at the time. Like, get was some it? consistency, keep a guy who's been with the program. It just it didn't work. 
It had absolutely no working capability of it whatsoever. I don't remember Chan Gailey being with the program. What? Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of uh, yeah. the next guy I'm, uh, that was the DC. Yes. That's who I'm thinking Save of. Dave Campo? Yeah. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Chan Gailey was uh, pretty vanilla. That was... Where, wasn't he like an OC with the Steelers or something, Gailey? Where, where did they get yeah, Gailey he, from? Yeah, something like, something like that. I can't remember where he came from. I just, I've just loved your stories about how when somebody asked him a question that he didn't particularly like, he would answer that and didn't say, that's an ender. He would say, that's an ender. He would just get up and walk out. <laughs> but he, I mean, his, I mean... Albeit coming from me, this is pretty rich, but um, he was really boring. And uh, <laughs> uh, just uh, looked like he was miserable answering every question that the media asked him mm -hmm. and was looking for an excuse to end the press conference. And um, man, one summer of covering his team and Cowboys training camp and having to do press conference every single day during training camp, uh, I would have a hard time staying awake during those press conferences. I mean, I would be dozing off. They were that bad. Uh, Chan Gailey was the was indeed the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay. ninety six to ninety seven, and then the Cowboys uh, yeah. hired him. He may have been I, he may have been a super good guy or nice guy. People may like him. I have no idea. I just know that he. Hated those press conferences, and so he made them as miserable as possible for everybody. He also served a couple of years as the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. I bet you enjoyed that as well. <laughs> I didn't have to cover him, so it wasn't that bad. <laughs> 2007, Marty Schottenheimer is abruptly fired as the head coach for the San Diego Chargers due to lack of playoff success and a strained relationship with ownership. That'll do it. He could he could bristle him. There's no doubt. It is National Plum Pudding Day. It is National PB and J Day. Okay. And National Biscotti Day. Um, I'm out on the plum pudding. I'm out on the biscotti. Uh, I'll be. I'm fine with the PB and J. He speaks for me. Wow, <laughs> that's that could be a first. <laughs> do you like okay on, the, on your pb and j's like like back in the day my mom would would make me one and then fold it over as opposed to putting the i liked it folded over I like the the bread folded over as opposed to bread on on top you know just, just traditional sandwich two layers with, yeah two layers with the yeah pb and Jay in the middle. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm good with either one. Okay. Yeah. And then my brother would always put butter. He liked butter on his PB&J in addition to the peanut butter. He wanted butter plus peanut butter plus jelly. I know. I was always turned off by that too. It doesn't seem like it would go together, but maybe. Right. I don't know. Happy birthday. AL starting third baseman all-star and World Series champion Josh Young. 26 today. 26. 26. Our little Josh, he's growing up. Josh Brolin, 56. Arsenio Hall is 68. Arsenio Hall. Wow, that's not where I thought I would get a reaction. Uh, Robert Griffin III is 34. 
DeMarco Murray, 36, and Todd Frazier is 38. Todd Frazier is? 38. Yeah, but who is he? Major League Baseball player? Third baseman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Really good one. He okay. played for the Rangers for a little bit. I mean, the name was familiar. I just couldn't have. I would, if you'd have asked me with a gun to my head, I'd be dead. I don't, I don't know. If I, don't you, know. I, I, I want to say the, I want to say the A's, but. No, the majority of his career was with the White Sox. That's where he was an all-star and okay. all that good stuff. But he played, he bounced around there at the end. And I thought he played a season with the Rangers, but maybe I'm thinking the Yankees. I know he played a season with the Yankees. Maybe You're right. He played something. 2020. He played with the with the Rangers. 2017 with the Yankees. Yeah. Spent a couple years with the White Sox, and then 2021 with the no, Pirates. The Reds was his. Wasn't he all star with the Reds? Reds? Reds, not the White Sox. Reds 2011 to yeah. 2015 with the yeah. Reds. Yeah, White Sox was after that. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, Arsenio Hall, um, <laughs> one of I mean my favorite your mom joke. Uh huh. Okay. It comes with Arsenio Hall. Do you remember this one? Your mom is so dumb, she thinks Arsenio Hall is where the Lakers play. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. It's my, on, my favorite, your mom is so dumb joke. <laughs> and on this day in 1924. Okay. During a concert in New York City on February 12th, a young musician named George Gershwin. Oh, then only known as a composer of Broadway songs, seated himself at the piano to accompany the orchestra in the performance of a brand new piece of his own composition. The title, Rhapsody in Blue. Just five weeks prior to the experiment in modern music concert, Gershwin had yet to commit to writing a piece for it. Then his brother Ira read a report that the New York Tribune stated that George was at work for a, 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 on a jazz concerto for the program thus painted into a corner George pieced Rhapsody and Blue together as best as he could with the time available cobbled it together leaving his own piano part to be improvised during the world premiere wow and we know it today when you fly United Airlines yes <laughs> and that is this day in sports history <laughs> very well very well done very well done 655 this morning here on the morning drive all right take your thoughts comments this morning yates flooring center chat line go to double t 973 com for that of the mobile app visual edge it hotline is open as well the morning drive podcast from double t 973 is presented by cantex roofing and construction jamie lynn and jeff mcguire i'm chuck hines Gates Flooring Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app. It's presented by Happy State Bank. Visual Edge IT hotline is open, too. If you care to uh, give us a, uh, a road report or uh, just want to comment on uh, anything that we're commenting on. Uh, Jamie, I met uh, a couple of different Morning Drive listeners uh, at the ball games uh, this weekend. Uh, met some little girls who came over to say hi. They listen to the Morning Drive every morning with their parents. And then uh, met a young man who listens with his parents uh, as well. And he has a twin brother. And so his twin brother wasn't with him. And um, he, uh, he went home and uh, said that uh, he got to meet a member of the morning drive. So to his other brother. So he kind of, okay. so we, uh, you know, I was out there, you know. And the exciting member of the morning drive. <laughs> spread, I mean, the head man spread, of the morning drive, spread, right? Spreading the, spread the banner. 
mm-hmm. for us, you know, far and wide here uh, this morning here. And, you know, and try to do that on a, on a pretty, pretty regular basis. Try to represent as best I can. We'll have uh, high school hoops on the air for you tomorrow. This is uh, playoff action for the Friendship Girls and uh, the Lubbock Cooper Girls. Uh, this will be at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon as uh, the Friendship Girls are in the playoffs. And uh, they take on El Paso Pebble Hills. Uh, this will come to us from Fort Stockton. Uh, Friendship is 31-3 and three on the season. Uh, is this a laydown, do you think? No, not no. at all. Okay. No, okay. Friendship lost the coin flip, so they're the number two seed out of the, that district. And um, they'll play a Pebble Hills team that's, according to uh, Coach Hilliard, pretty good. Okay. So he expects a good battle. Did they call heads or tails? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, the uh, other game that we'll have is involves the Lubbock Cooper girls. They're 23-9. and nine. They take on the Plainview girls. This will be at 6 o'clock uh, tomorrow night. We'll have it for you on 100.7, the score. It'll come to you from uh, the Abernathy Gymnasium. I would imagine this is a little bit easier road for uh, LCP. I, I think you can I think you pr- feel pretty confident in that one. Okay. Uh, the other uh, by-district 5A matchup uh, is uh, Monterey at 29-5, and taking on Caprock, and that game will be at Wayland Baptist. We'll also have uh, Friendship Boys basketball for you on uh, Tuesday night, as they'll, which is tomorrow night. They'll take on Permian, and that'll be at uh, 7.30. And this will be the end of the regular season, right? Correct. For the, for the boys? Okay. They're looking for an undefeated district slate there. Okay. So that'd be, you know, obviously something that they – and want to slide, you know, let let the playoffs look at look ahead. They don't want to look ahead. No. You know, take down the uh, the Permian Panthers. So we'll have that for you tomorrow night at seven thirty here on Double T ninety seven three. Uh, tonight, uh, Big Monday, as uh, Texas Tech and Kansas uh, will play. Um, it, it, it's interesting. I don't I don't know what his status is going to be because he did not play on Saturday, uh, but apparently. Kevin McCuller has a bone bruise in his knee. This is significant for lots of different reasons, but uh, the main one of which uh, he's very productive for them. He averages 19.5 points a game, 6.4 rebounds, and 4.6 assists. Obviously, he's, uh, he's an integral part of their, of their team, um, but I'm sure that um, the fans would, would love to see him and, uh, and provide him with some kind of uh, accolade uh, for coming back to Lubbock, I'm sure they'd rather him not play than than boo him. Get to boo him. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be a benefit to the Red Raider team, and mm-hmm. ultimately that would be more of a slap in the face than a boo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I mean, boo would probably give you a sign of respect. Yeah, probably so. Uh, pro- probably so. But uh, that, that doesn't mean that we're gonna any fan base wouldn't mm-hmm. boo him. Yeah. Uh, this uh, from uh, Bill Self, he said Saturday, he said, I can't imagine uh, Kevin McCuller being a lot better on Monday if he can't hardly move on Saturday. We'll see. Uh, the other one that was out, uh, Dejon Harris, who rolled his ankle during the final minute of the win over Baylor, uh, he did return for a few possessions, uh, but has dealt with ankle injuries in the past, but that doesn't seem likely to, to hold him out. Um, what... Uh, what concerns you about tonight's game? Uh, Dickinson 
just really active, mm-hmm. big, who can step out on the floor. Um, great offensive player. Got to keep Warren Washington out of foul trouble uh, because we need him in there battling him. The uh, Jayhawks were winners over uh, Baylor on Saturday at home, 64-61. to 61. Uh, Texas Tech, obviously a winner at home. Um, for Kansas, they had four in double figures, uh, including Harris. He had 14. Uh, Dickinson led them with 15. He was 7 of 19 from the field. My guess is well, he had one three that he made, um, and then he had seven rebounds. But obviously he's a, he's a presence inside um, for Kansas. He played 32 minutes. Uh, K.J. Adams was 6 of 7. Uh, from the field he had 13 points so um this kansas team is 19 and 5 uh obviously this is a huge game you know from a from a big 12 standing standpoint and you know you you kind of look at kind of where things are right now um in the big 12 and you have um houston at the top at eight and three then iowa state at seven and three they were winners this past weekend kansas is seven and four then there's a log jam of two teams, Baylor and Tech, at six and four, and then behind Tech and Baylor is Oklahoma at six and five, then BYU and TCU at five and five. So it's a massive. I mean, you you can hand Kansas their fourth uh, loss, excuse me, their fifth loss of the season, um, and put yourself right there towards the top uh, with a win tonight would would be massive. Sure, and also be important for the resume building and mm-hmm. you know beating a top five team. Yeah, and get when your, it comes to your seed in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament, all, 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 all of, all of those things, uh, uh, obviously, and you know, with the, uh, with the win over UCF, maybe that takes some pressure off. I mean, I mean, there's still obviously massive pressure, but at least you don't have a four-game losing skid that you're looking at coming into this one. That's that's the that's the big difference. It's better, yeah, it's better. <laughs> I mean, you'd rather have won it than lost it. No, no question. Um, I mean, that's Captain Obvious stuff there. But I guess my point is is that, you know, a, a, a win helps you in many, 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 many ways. But if you had lost to UCF, you're starting to get into yourself in the point of, okay, well, if, if you really want to have a nice seed, you got to start winning a lot of games down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And I still think you're there. I don't think UCF did that much for you that right. you can start relaxing. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, you, you can. Um, this team is at full health. Um, I think that uh, we saw that on on uh, on Saturday. Uh, you'd like to shoot the ball, obviously, a little bit better than what you did. Probably going to have to shoot the ball uh, better than what you did on Saturday to to uh, to be in this game and and win it. Put up sixty shots, made twenty three. The thing that you were able to do, though is that you were able to score a little over a point per possession, which I always think is important. You know, Tech had, um, in, in the ballgame, had 61 possessions and scored a, point, a little over a point per possession. And uh, they scored about 47.5% of the time that they went down the floor. So, I mean... So the free throws and the, and the three-point shooting factored into that. Mm-hmm. You were a little bit better from three-point range, and you were... Um, better at the free throw line too and when you're talking about a close game like that I mean those things are big you know yeah uh, somebody says this self said he's probably wouldn't play right and and maybe Harris too I think Harris plays 
you know, uh, with regard to McCullough, I, I don't, I don't know the severity of the injury, and you know, the thought would be, I mean, it's only natural that he would want to play here, right, for so many different reasons, because um, this will be it. This is the last time. There's no more. There's no more extra years of eligibility. There's no more COVID for him or anything like that. You know, in terms of getting it, there's no. There's, this will. This will be it. So, it, there's a part of me that says he'll do anything he can to play in this game. You would think so. The competitive nature in him would sure that'd be that way for anybody, right? His former team, yeah. Yeah, that'd be that way for for anybody that they'd want to that they'd want to play and come in and see if they could be a difference maker and hit a big shot and all those kinds of things. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. All right, gentlemen, in honor of the Kansas Jayhawk basketball team being in town to face <laughs> our Red Raiders tonight. Honor? Okay. Why was that funny? <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> Honor. Okay. My question for us today is, if you, as a Red Raider fan, could pick one team in one sport for the Red Raiders to dominate, let's say over the next 10 years, which team would you, team and sport, would you want it to be? Uh, well, that's a that's. I think that's a relatively easy question for me. I'm I'm going to be the only one that probably says this. Uh, I want to dominate K State in football. Hey, I'm torn. Do I want to go dominate Oklahoma State in football, with the idea that they're going to be one of the top contenders for the Big Twelve going forward? Do I want to go Kansas in basketball, knowing that Kansas is the the start and finish line of the, the top of the Big 12? Or do I go TCU in baseball? I think you're, I, I think I like your line of thinking um, because you're assuming those teams are going to be good. And so that means if you're going to dominate those teams, that, that means you're going to be really good too. that you're going to be good too right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's uh, i'm and so probably most people's answer would be determined by which of those sports means the most to them mm-hmm. i think because of how dominant kansas is in basketball if you are owning the jayhawks on the hardwood that says more than baseball winning against tcu or tech beating oklahoma state because the Big 12 championship in football kind of rotates between a bunch of schools that are competing for it. Kansas State's been in there. Oklahoma State's been in there. You, you figure that Utah coming in is going to bring some credibility to what they've done uh, and some history. In baseball, you've got Tech, who's been really good at times. You've all uh, Recently, you've also got TCU and Oklahoma State. So the, it, there's not one de facto beat these guys, own these guys, and you're owning the conference mm-hmm. like it is in basketball. So I'll take Kansas. Kansas and basketball. I'll take Kansas and basketball. Yeah, I like um, one of our one of our texters on the H Flooring Center chat line says TCU and everything. Yeah. My problem is my distaste for TCU and Oklahoma State is pretty much equal. 
Okay. And so this one's really hard for me. Um, ah, man. And I'm also trying to take out my love of baseball and just factor in what would be the best for Texas Tech University, which we all know it's your football team having the high level of success. Mm -hmm. In that regard, I don't think as highly of TCU's football program as I do Oklahoma State's. So I'm going with Jeff's first thought, and I'm going to say Oklahoma State and football because I think that Oklahoma State will continue to be near the top of the standings as much as I love baseball and know that if you're beating up on TCU or Oklahoma sure. State in baseball, I understand the the better thing for the athletic department, per se, is football having the highest level of success. And so I'll take my baseball bias out of it, and I'll say Oklahoma State and football. Okay. I'll let my bias get the best of me. Yeah, I do too at, at times. I mean, my, my heart's going to my heart's going to hurt the most losing to either one of those teams in baseball mm -hmm. compared to football, but again, we all know winning in football means so much to all, all right. the all the teams in athletics because it brings in money and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Got to fill that place 7 yeah. times. We can pay for everything as best we can. <laughs> <laughs> now now we're it. getting football taken care of. We got some other sports that need some help too. Oh yeah, no, yeah. there's there's no there's no there's no doubt. There's Bet no the tennis teams wishing they had their own uh, indoor facility this week. Probably so. Yeah. Probably so. Instead mm -hmm. of having to travel across town to to do that. Yeah. Steal courts from paying members. Okay. <laughs> wow. Did you get bumped? No, I haven't recently, but I have many times in the past. Yeah. Yeah. If if you let's let's just say if you won the lottery and you you could make a contribution to one sport that would be significant, that would be you know, would, would that would stand out and you would not necessarily that you'd put your name on it or anything like that, because you probably wouldn't. You'd you'd donate it anonymously we would never ever know that you won the lottery unless you just quit your job but you wouldn't quit baseball would you build a new tennis facility on campus or would you enhance uh dan law field at rip griffin park i can't do both can't do both oh, you can man. only do one that would have been a good question i would <laughs> probably the money would go to baseball go to baseball okay yeah. that's kind of what that's kind of what i thought and yours would go to a sky bridge it might, yeah, right. <laughs> Between the arena and uh, and the Womble, yeah, it would it would go to a go to a sky bridge, right? It would go to a go to a sky bridge. I would say if that's the thing that your basketball team needs, your basketball mm -hmm. team's pretty well taken care of. They have a beautiful facility to they do to play in and a beautiful facility facility to practice in. Mm -hmm. Then then they're that's they're pretty well set. That's good. We've done well here. We've done well. We've done really well. They here. do have to wheel things across the street, though, for basketball games. And, you know, the elements aren't always good for those GAs and managers and, and people like that, trainers, people that are. What are they having to wheel over? Well, I mean, like just supplies and um, uniforms. And, I mean, there's there's equipment. I mean, there's there's stuff that they've got to 
take from the Womble to the to the to the United Supermarkets Arena. They're hauling stuff back and forth all the time. I bet they wash the uniforms at the Womble. Yeah. So they got to carry stuff like that. Now they probably have balls in both cor- both both places, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I wouldn't guess they're traveling the no, balls across the street. No, but surely they have um, water jugs in both places. Uniforms would be one thing. I, I just know. see them. I mean, I, when I when I'm go, when I'm in and I'm I'm in and out of the arena a lot right now, or have been, and I just see both the men's and the women's teams, you know, stuff on carts and things like that being wheeled across Indiana, and that's when I go. If we had a sky bridge with an elevator, I bet the athletic trainers. I bet you they have stuff that they take back and forth. Yeah, they do. I bet they do. And I just I see a lot of I see quite a bit of stuff going back and forth. It's they, a good thing one of our coaches doesn't have a Bob Huggins stool. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I was in Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago, I saw this small stool in their practice facility, and I was like, "Oh, this is what Bob Huggins used before he got really big, because it was and before he couldn't move around much." Mm-hmm. But I told somebody that, and they're like, "Really?" I'm like, "No, I'm just kidding you." You still think he's going to get a job? I do. Okay. I do. I talked to some people there in Morgantown, and they, they feel the same way. The, 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 this, one of the gals at the hotel uh, we stayed at, she, she talked about how nice Bob Huggins was to all the patrons and the people and wanted to get a, uh, um, you know, wanted to get a picture. She encouraged people to go talk to him. He would say he was very approachable. She did not like Dana Holgerson. I just I, – I, I'm just telling you what the she lady told me. at the hotel <clears throat> thinks he's nice and yeah. takes pictures with people. Doesn't yeah. mean he's going to get another job. I talked to I talked to some actual people though. Actual people, yeah. That's, was she a fake person? So was she a robot? <laughs> she was not a robot. She was not like the was Jetsons she an Android? made. She was not like the Jetsons made. <laughs> but was she made of plastic? I had people s- did not disagree with me about <laughs> Bob Huggins getting an, another job at some point in time. Apparently, he's lost some and weight. They were and, real people. Oh, he lost weight. Okay, he lost well, he's definitely hireable now. You know, and maybe he's cleaned up his act a little bit. I don't know. I just don't feel like he's going to go out like he did. I think he's somebody. I don't think he has a choice. Yeah, you know, I think somebody's going to hire him. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We'll have a 7 o'clock broadcast time, 8 o'clock tip time tonight for Texas Tech in Kansas from United Supermarkets Arena. We come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. Look forward to hearing from you in the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double T 97.3. Dot com for that of the mobile app. Visual Edge IT hotline is open too at 806-771-0973. So Kansas comes into this game 7-4 and four in conference play, Jamie. They have losses at UCF by 5. They have losses at West Virginia by 6. A loss at Iowa State by 4. And then they lost in overtime at Kansas State by 5. Um... They do have a win at Oklahoma State, and that is it as far as uh, their Big 12 schedule is concerned so far. Definitely gives you some hope considering they haven't been great on the road in mm-hmm. Big 12 play. Oklahoma State, their lone win, and that's not the 
not right now. Used to be, but not the toughest place in this conference to play. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple things that stand out to me. Um, This Kansas team, not a a very good uh, three-point shooting team. Uh, They're making about six a game. Their opponents have made 29 more threes than them. So that that gives you some 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 thought coming kind of coming into the game that that might be uh, an opportunity for you. Uh, they don't um, necessarily offensive rebound great, but then you look at their field goal percentage and they're at fifty one percent. So it's not like they've had tons and tons of opportunities. Sure. So it makes that kind of throws that kind of out of kilter just 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 a little bit. Um, you know, defensively, they're they're allowing 70 points a game in Big 12 play, but they're scoring 76. So their their games have been close, especially on the road. Um, you know, where they've they've had single digit losses you know, to UCF and West Virginia and Iowa State, and then the overtime loss. I don't, and, and I'm sure that at some point in time they're they're going to have this conversation internally, going, "Hey, if we want to do what we want to do here, we got to start winning some road games." And um, they probably look at this as as an opportunity to get one tonight. Well, it is technically a road game. Uh And it is a team that hasn't been playing their best right now. Not like they're catching the Red Raiders on a hot streak. So uh, I'm sure they feel like this. I I mean, if you're the University of Kansas and you have the talent that they have, I got to believe that they feel like every game is an opportunity for them. I would think so. Uh, Tech is averaging eight threes made a game, giving up basically eight threes a game, 8.4 to 8.5. So if you wanted to round up, um, you certainly could. Um, probably going to have to shoot as good or maybe a little bit better than you have from the free throw line um, tonight. You're, you're averaging almost 14 made threes a ball game. You're getting out-rebounded by about five a game. Um, and then on the, on the turnover uh, st- statistic, you're averaging 10 a game and your opponents are averaging 11 a game. Um, so coming into this one, Kansas is averaging 11 a game. Their opponent's almost 13 a game. So they're putting a little more pressure on the ball maybe um, to force to force some turnovers. Um, Kansas makes about 13 free throws a game. Their opponent's about 14 a game. So, I mean, it's like anything else. It comes down to making shots, right? That's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, and, and forcing tough ones. Yeah, for some tough ones. Um, how how big do you think uh, Joe Toussaint needs to play tonight to, to win this game? Uh, I would think, you know, really it's all hands on deck here. Uh, you probably mm-hmm. can't afford to have two of your best shooters um, like, like Isaacs and also McMillan to have a bad game. You can't afford for that to happen. Toussaint's just one of the key cogs, but um, he's definitely an important one. He's averaging uh, ten and a half a game. You talked about Warren Washington and his matchup tonight with uh, Dickinson, and maybe, maybe getting uh, their big fella in, in a little bit of uh, foul trouble. That never that never hurts. He's only fouled out one time, but but Jamie, in Big Twelve play, he does lead them in fouls called with thirty three. So I don't know. Maybe maybe get Joe Tucson to go right at him and uh and see what you see what you could create see if you could create a little bit there uh as far as uh tech is concerned uh tucson is the one that has uh, garnered the most fouls so far in big 12 play at 27 and that makes sense because he's driving the ball the most yeah he's definitely an aggressive 
uh, ball handler who tries to get to the rim. And he also, and sometimes I think this is a detriment to him. It looks like at times he's driving the lane looking for contact rather than looking to finish. I think we've seen some of that recently where teams are learning. I, I mean, I remember early on in the season, I also think this is something that catches up with you too, where Toussaint would be dribbling next to someone and continue to throw his head back like he was just being hammered, hammered, uh-huh. and um, trying to get foul calls, and I think officials catch on to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of that, and we had, you know, we talked we talked about this a little bit last week because of the um, – in, on the men's side, there's no flop warning. It's immediate technical foul and shooting free throws, and the other team gets the ball. On the women's side, there is a flop warning. We actually saw a flop warning without a player going to the floor on Saturday. So they just stumbled backwards. Well, I, 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 you know, I thought Maupin got took a little hit, and she went back, and I, I thought there was going to be a foul call, but there, there wasn't, um, and then. When the official came running down, she gave the little. I mean, it's it's very subtle, and I just happened to see it. Um, I was looking out of the corner of my eye, and she turned to the tech bench and did the the flop warning, which is you know your your palms up, and uh, and and they were all like what? <laughs> because there'd been it's like so so that there weren't any more flops called, but I, I thought that she had to go to the ground to get a flop warning. Now, Maupin did go, I mean, she did go back, um, but it was just kind of weird how that was called. Yeah, that is interesting. You know, I would have thought that you have to go to the floor and flopping around, not that you're flopping around like a fish, you know, that's out of water on the side of the banks, you know, when the when the fish comes out, you know, you know, just flopping there on the on the, on the the bank, you know. <laughs> you're trying to, trying to either, you know, at least, you know, put it in the in the bucket or... It's been a long time since we've caught a fish. I guess it makes sense just because if a player is jumping backwards mm-hmm. or whipping his head, his or yeah. her head back or yeah. whatever, it's just the same thing. You're trying to deceive the officials, right? Yeah. Or, or yeah. Yeah. That's, and I don't know that there was, you know, of course, you know, we're, we're going to say, well, there's no deception there, but I'm, I'm, she, and Maupin is somebody she she leads the team in in drawing fouls. So she she generally averages around four to five fouls drawn per ball game. And in, and in this game on Saturday, she drew six fouls and only committed two by herself. So that's been that's been something that I've kind of found you know interesting. Um, whether it's your team or the opponent's team, whether it's the men or the women. Uh, kind of really speaks to their ability to get another team in trouble. There's so many different ways that you can do that. But by drawing fouls, maybe getting your team to be able to get to the free throw line over the limit, whether it's five on the women's side or seven on the men's side or the double bonus on the men's side, uh, that's a that's an art, being able to draw those fouls. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.